Do you have what it takes to make it in Trollywood? What mystery will Lizzie Salamander find herself in this week? How long until someone mentions Ikea? It's Swedish cinema this week on Why Do You Know That? Welcome to Why Do You Know That? The podcast that wants to know why you know so much about a very specific topic. I'm Nadia Osman. I'm Steve Slaga. Hi, Steve. Hi. How you doing? I'm good. Yeah? Drinking some, what is this? It's a Martinelli cider that exploded in my fridge. That's it. That's <laughs> what I'm having some of that. So that's how I am. I, sh- I I feel like I should then explain. That just sounds like I'm feeding you cider that's like I dripped off of the uh, uh, fridge walls, which is not entirely true. I don't think any explanation needs to be given. <laughs> I opened a bottle of cider. Uh, I tried to put like a wine stopper in it, put that in the fridge. The wine stopper gave out with pshoo. Thanks to physics, I guess. Cider everywhere. Well, I've been cleaning my fridge for like the last hour before this podcast. What stayed in the bottle was delicious. Great. It's Marion Berry. It's like this special flavor that they do. Mary and Berry? Marion Berry? Oh. Uh. Like, is it named after Mary Berry? That's yeah, what I yeah. was wondering. <laughs> From British Bake Off? Yeah. Oh, Mary Berry. Yeah, there's a Paul Hollywood flavor that just tastes like um, somebody trying really hard. And yeah. Mary Jo. And yeah. Musk. <laughs> he really like leaned into the handshake thing. Yeah. So fast on that show. Like the first couple seasons, he's just like, like it's a very, um, like he's just like, oh yes, this is an nice spread. And then, by like the, the last season that they did, he's just like, I'm the handshake guy. That's how you know it's I'm good. sorry, but women are fawning over him on that show. Yeah. So he's got to set a boundary yeah. or it's else true. things could go. You Have you seen the way Mary looks at him? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Longingly. Fucking him with her eyes. <laughs> yeah. Every time. And he flirts right back. We should introduce our guest who clearly knows a thing or two about a thing or two. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> I didn't have a say. No, normally I have a really fun segue to oh. go from one topic. Okay, wait a minute. Hold on. British yeah. Bake Off, uh-huh. Mary Berry. Uh-huh. You know where else they have lingonberries <gasps> is in Sweden. Uh, he's yeah. so good at them. He's so good at the sex. I'm terrible at the sex. Good job, Steve. And you know what else they have in Sweden? A s- cinema. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. In fact, very famous Swedish movie, Wild Straw Berries. See? Mary Bergman. Yeah. We're going to get into it. Uh, let's introduce our guest. She's a comedian and the creator of Bad Comics by Anna on Instagram. Please welcome Anna Salinas. Hi. Hello. Thanks for having me. Hi. Hi. Um, your topic today is Swedish cinema. Yeah. Or Swedish film. Yeah. Or Swedish movies. Yeah, all or, of those. Or, you know, like pick your level of pretension, I guess. Because when I hear things like cinema, I think, oh, we're talking about serious things. And we are talking about Swedish cinema, which is like if it could get more pretentious, it did. Mm-hmm. Because Swedish cinema is so niche. Yeah. Like, I feel like the people who knew about that in high school were so obnoxious. They were like the you know, the ones who are going to go to film school. I'm only describing one person in my high school, but he was so obnoxious. You're describing everybody I think would be interested in Swedish yeah, cinema. Yeah, come on. You're describing the kind of person that says, I just rolled my own clove cigarette. One thousand percent. Like they're not even into Italian cinema. No, They're like no. beyond that. Yeah, they're, they're more like esoteric Fellini? than that. No, yeah. I'm into Bergman. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Ugh, I hate it, but I know it. But I know it. 
Um, let's start with a question that we ask every guest, Swedish cinema. Why do you know that? Uh, so I am half Swedish. My mom is from Sweden, fresh off the boat. Uh, she's not that fresh now, but she was fresh at one point. Um, and, uh, I, you know, grew up going to Sweden over the summer, speak Swedish with my mom. And, um, I never really looked into Swedish cinema. Actually, that's why I do think it's pretentious. Like growing up, I only watched American movies and the maybe occasional Swedish cartoon like Pippi Longstocking, Smurfs. Um, but Moomin, oh, very cool uh, Swedish and Finnish cartoon. But uh, then in grad school, I went to UCLA, um, studied in the film department. And the UCLA inexplicably has a Scandinavian department. Why? I guess if there was going to be any school that would have <laughs> a, Scandinavian a Scandinavian department, department like in cinema or just no, oh, all things broadly, oh. you can go to UCLA and for some reason take Swedish as a second language. What? That makes no sense. No. What? When are you going to need Swedish? I think they might teach Norwegian too, which is even more insane. It's. I mean, these are not small countries by any means, but they are also not large countries and they are not countries that uh, were particularly participatory in colonialism in the way that, say, France and Britain and yeah. Spain were. Or commerce. You China, Japan. Swedish people, though, are supposed to be very happy and they've got <laughs> great health care. So my thought is, oh, they have a Scandinavian department for all of us <laughs> Americans that want to learn how to speak Swedish so we can, you know, find a Swedish person to marry so, and go live in Sweden. I so we guess. can be fulfilled and happy. So we can leave America. So we can get health insurance yeah. for free. Mm -hmm. It's weird. The Scandinavian department professors are, for the most part, also not Scandinavian. All right. Which is crazy. <laughs> They're like maybe second generation, but also one of them is not. But still so passionate about it. So passionate about it. But I, um, they put out a call to the film department saying we need TAs for this uh, Swedish film class. Cause you guys are the film school. Come bring someone. Uh, so, because nobody gets a PhD in Scandinavian studies. They have like one PhD a year. Um, what a lonely person. <laughs> what a lonely person. In fact... The year after I graduated, that one person was a guy from the film department who had been TAing for them and was like, I'm just going to stick with this and do a PhD in this. Good for him. Yeah, good for him. They they ensnare you. Um, but I started TAing. Um, I TAed a couple classes in the department, like mythology and uh, Swedish culture and literature, mm -hmm. which is just a survey class. But I love teaching the Swedish cinema class. Um, and it was technically Scandinavian cinema, but I ended up filtering it and making it mostly Swedish movies. And I taught it several, I TA'd it several times, um, which was basically teaching it along the guidelines of a professor syllabus. And then I taught it myself the summer after I graduated, and I'm teaching it again now, years later. Um, and it's great. It's It's weird and specific, but it is kind of cool to teach undergrads about movies. They're all like math and science majors right now that I have for the most part. So they don't super care about movies. How did they end up <laughs> in the class? It's it's like a writing tour requirement. Okay. Yeah, so they have to take it. 
you're the most expert expert that we've had on your topic. Really? Most people come in and they're like, this is the thing I love. Or mm-hmm. like, I'm, I was obsessed with this thing as a kid or whatever. Oh. You're actually teaching the thing. I am going to well, school our ass. Yeah. All right. So why don't you give a brief overview of like what constitutes Swedish cinema? Because you mm-hmm. can put the word cinema after pretty much any country, nationality, what culture, whatever. Yeah. Um, and there's probably going to be a group of films about it because... The film industry has been around for over 100 years now. It is no longer Mm -hmm. like a brand new um, or even fairly new art form. It is a new art form compared to, say, oil painting or even music. But uh, it's now had a long livable life uh, filled with like discovery and rediscovery and rediscovery. So what makes Swedish cinema stand out from all other kinds of cinema? Well, I think it has Sweden has a uniquely long tradition of film. Um, cinema started in Sweden in the silent film era. Um, and at that time, a lot of the silent film directors, first of all, Sweden was putting money into its production companies and its production company. Like the government was putting. Yes, okay. which they still do. Sweden gives a lot of money to the arts in a particular film. Um, there was a big and growing film school and theater school, um, Drama Ten, in Sweden at the time. So that helped because it was Sweden was like cultivating its own talent. And what ends up happening is you have Marit Stiller, who's actually a Jewish Swede, um, and which I only point out because Sweden is so homogenous that it's like kind of cool that one of their great early uh, directors was also Jewish. Um, he is pretty much the first major Swedish film director, silent film era, and he goes to Hollywood and makes it big in Hollywood and brings Greta Garbo, who becomes a big star. So immediately, Sweden establishes this connection with Hollywood, which honestly is kind of like the key to being big. I I mean, maybe in Western Europe, maybe not everywhere. But at, at that time, I think it's the key to establishing yourself as a major film power. And... Quickly after that, you have like Victor Shostrom, who becomes another huge silent film director. Um, And then I think it's really cemented with Ingmar Bergman. So it's kind of this quick succession of big, major film directors who hit it big on the international stage. And Ingmar Bergman is like synonymous with Swedish film. He's that like moody black and white director, um, although it wasn't all black and white. And he like he wins Oscars. Um, he does great at Cannes. And I think once that happens, he's also like, he comes up with the new wave uh, era. So like Fellini and Godard. And once that happens, I think it's like established. Sweden is a major place for cinema. So this guy, Victor, because as I was looking up stuff, I started to realize, I don't know how to say anybody's name. Which makes you sound like an asshole, but yeah. it's because you've got umlauts and other uh, oh, yeah. character accents over And the S with the J is tough. Yeah, so it's Victor. <laughs> That's perfect. Yeah, okay. You got it. You got it. Yeah. You guys. I was afraid to try, but you were bold. <laughs> that was perfection. Victor. <laughs> um, and Ingmar Bergman and the the first guy that you mentioned, mm-hmm. whose name I also can't pronounce. Marit Stiller. Marit Stiller. Mm-hmm. It's not as hard. No. When it's I see it Swedish spelled name, out. Yeah. Uh, but it feels, I don't know, I guess I got tripped up over the first two. <laughs> I was just like, I, I give up. I was going to uh, say, Marit Stiller looks pretty 
So so Vicky, oh, yeah. Mary, and Ingmar all hang out in Hollywood. Yeah. Um, and yeah. then, the, I mean, Greta Garbo's obviously becomes this huge star, kind of mm-hmm. still has like a lot of, well, when I say she has a lot of star power, I don't mean like literally, but as much as like the image slash um, history, I don't know. She cultivated a cult of personality, kind of. Yeah, absolutely. Like people know who she is yeah. long yeah. past her hating. Um, these three guys, did they bring anybody else over or was it just like they kind of showed up, they brought her and then they're like, and that's it. We're good. Now we're going to go back to Sweden and do our thing. Well, it's interesting because Marit Stiller goes to the U.S. and becomes big in the U.S. and kind of stays there. Uh, Victor Sjöström becomes big in Sweden. He does this film, Phantom Courage, which is like this groundbreaking Swedish silent film horror movie. Mm-hmm. Um about like this carriage wandering through the Swedish countryside, picking up dead souls. And it's like, at the time it was like Titanic. It was like, look at the special effects on that. Or like Avatar, like, wow, they're layering film on top of each other to make ghosts. That's wild. Um, So he then goes to uh, the US, to Hollywood, and he doesn't like it. He has a bad time. Like he makes Hollywood movies. He doesn't like working with the Hollywood studio system. Or I guess whatever it is at that time. Is it because he tried to find dinner after 8 p.m.? That's <laughs> yeah. something that drives me nuts. Was, yeah, Los right? Angeles is this major metropolitan <laughs> area, and you cannot find dinner after 8 p.m. Did he yeah. try to park at a CVS? Oh, you know he did, and he was like, I'm going back to Sweden. I can't park in I the get CVS. It. Oh, I get it now. There's no parking. What am I supposed to go into the the underground part? That's a hassle. Did like a relative come out and he was in Pasadena and they're like, we want to go to the beach today. And he's like, you've got to be kidding yeah, me. Yeah, what am I going to drive an hour it's and a half? It's 11 a.m. And you tell Please. me this now. We're never going to get. OK, you want to do you want to see a sunset? <laughs> we can do a sunset. Yeah, we can go to Barnsdale Park and see a sunset. Yeah, we're not going to the fucking beach. <laughs> That's exactly what happened. Okay. He writes about all of it in his blog. Uh-huh. Uh huh. <laughs> so, Sir, uh, wait, no, Stiller did no. Yes, this is Shurstrom. No, Shurstrom Swedish sayings. Yeah, I was trying to think of like the too long blog yeah. title for it. It's a WordPress. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can uh, that he won't update. That he oh, <laughs> I know it's so annoying. We're all waiting for the next post. <laughs> Um, so Shastrum hates it. He goes back to Sweden and is like, fuck movies. I'm just going to do theater from now on because he started as an actor. And I think it's kind of badass that even in like the silent film era, you have actor, writer, directors who are like, fuck you guys. I want to star in my own movie. Um, and he did that with Phantom Carriage, that horror movie. So he goes back. He starts acting a lot more directing and theater productions. And then he gets lucky because then Ingmar Bergman winds up on the scene. And part of what's going on is silent movies are out of fashion. And Shostrom didn't really cut it with silent films. He wasn't good at talkies. He hated the process. Um, but Ingmar Bergman is a young 20-something. He's like 22 or something during this time. So he's like, yeah, talkies, great, let's do it. So he uh, he writes his first movie, uh, which is about like private school boys. Um, and oh my, I was yeah. about to say, go on. <laughs> private school boys. Oh, the sweets are pretty vicarious in their movies, I think. Um, just generally. Not oh that my. this movie's about that, but yeah. Um, 
But so he writes this movie, gets someone else to direct it. I mean, he wasn't allowed to direct it, but he's allowed to direct the last scene, the last shot, basically. Um, and after that, Sweden is like, OK, you can be a writer director now. It's You've such made an it. interesting. I've never heard of anything like that of a movie where it's where like no studio would ever be like, hey, brand new person. Yeah, you can just direct yeah. this. Here, you, you wrote Avengers 3. Here's a crack at the finale. Right? <laughs> it's it's so bonkers. But I think at that time, apprenticeship was really big and it helped if you were like a well-to-do boy. Um, he had come from private school. He was a private school boy he himself. Was a private school boy. And... An authority on the topic. Exactly. And yeah, they were just like, you can do this last scene. Um, so he directed it. And then he goes on a little bit after that to write Wild Strawberries. Wild Strawberries is, and he's still making a name for himself. So he's still in Sweden. Wild Strawberries is this movie he writes when he's being hospitalized um, over the course of like two weeks. Writes it really fast. Um, and it's about an old man looking back at his life. And he puts Victor Schustrom silent film great in the lead role that's great synergy isn't it yeah and the film itself like really heavily pulls from the phantom carriage and like its imagery that's not just synergy that's synergy yeah swedish synergy oh yeah they were they were on on swinergy fire (laughs) um it's yeah now that like i'm hearing all this i'm going gosh wouldn't it be nice to be in a version of the entertainment industry where you just help each other? Yeah. yeah. 100%. Even Marit Stiller helped Shostrom. Like, he was kind of a good friend of his and brought him to Hollywood, like, introduced him to people. You, I mean, look, it's all romanticized now looking back at it. But part of Swedish cinema's history also includes, like, hating on women. So, like, female directors. Ooh, we'll we're going to get into that. We'll get there. Um, so uh, these directors in Garbo moved to the U.S. They work for MGM, I think. That's yes. Because they're, like, one yeah. of the big players at the time. Um, what's everybody doing back home? Because if those are, like, it's, like, essentially if uh, in their heyday, our Spielberg and Lucas left. were, like, we're going to China. And then it was like, well, who is going to fill that vacuum? Although, I mean, I don't know if it's an exact apples to apples comparison because there's so many directors, but mm-hmm. for a smaller country like Sweden, and especially when film is still pretty new, who's filling the void? I mean, there's smaller directors making less international hit stuff, mm-hmm. but those, and this is a somewhat short amount of time because Shastrum goes to Hollywood just for a little and then comes back and continues making work in Sweden. But at that time, I mean, no one really of note that you like go back and watch the movies. That changes with Bergman. So now we're in the Bergman's first movie, I want to say is the late 50s. Mm-hmm. Um, so now we're in the 60s and he's just put Victor Shastrum in the lead role of this film. So he's kind of like, it's kind of like Shastrom passing off the torch to Ingmar Bergman saying, you're the next great. And what Ingmar Bergman does differently than his two predecessors is he stays in Sweden. So he only makes Swedish language films and has this very long career. And I think that's part of what helped make Sweden such a big force 
because he's staying there. He's cultivating that scene. Big fish, small pond. That's smart. I mean, it's so (laughs) smart. And also, I think there's a pressure when you come to Hollywood to make the movies you don't want to make. Like, that kind of happened to Shostrom and um, Maze Ederling, who's a, I'll talk about it in a second, but she's a female director who comes up with Ingmar Berkman. Um, But in in Sweden, they're like, make whatever you want. His movies are so depressing. There's like about death and they have all these lingering shots of people just brooding and they're poetic and people recite poetry at points. That would never happen in the U.S. Right. I think. Some of his big, big ones. We've got um, The Seventh Seal. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So that one's about the figure of death. Right. Uh, we've I'm going to go way into that one in a sec. We got oh, uh, do it. Virgin Spring. Mm-hmm. We've got Through a Glass Darkly, which just sounds like the clove cigarette guy. I want to say those were a trilogy. Um, He's really into trilogies, which is kind of a marker of Swedish and Danish directors. Really? Like they'll do three of the same topic. Yeah, like Lars von Trier does the same thing. Finnish directors do the same thing. Aki Kurosmaki. Uh, I don't know why that is. I, is that a thing in the U.S.? Only if it's for like money. Right. For money. Yeah. Yeah. It's never actually this needs to be a trilogy. It's always like, let's keep doing them. And then the third one, they just call it the end of the trilogy. Yeah. 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 It's but like Back to it, the yeah. Futures mm-hmm. 1, 2, and 3. Did we need them? No. Did we get them? Yes. Yeah, yeah you're right. They're more like cash grabs. Yeah. Um. Now I have Ooh, not. A uh, link letter does that with the before yes. uh, sunrise. Before yeah. sunrise, he'll he'll yes. he'll do it. There's like yeah. a few auteur types that are maybe going yeah. down that path. Um, it is a very autory thing because these trilogies were not like all the same story. They're just like thematically linked, right? And they're yeah. all sad, and they're all <laughs> sad, and they're all black and white. These films, and then when they absolutely don't need to, so it's yeah. again an artistic statement. Yes. Oh, boy. Yeah. When does he make music? Ingmar, and- lighten up. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Try some cider. Oh, uh. uh, you you wish you would. You wish you would. Um, just a swath of red or something, Ingmar. <laughs> that just, can denote passion. Just Come a on. little. Just a little. Hey, Ingmar, it's, you ever seen a sunflower? Doesn't it make you smile? <laughs> just try it. Try what it. What makes try you it happy, Ingmar? Um, we also had Fanny and Alexander, which, uh, and then he got nominated for, uh, Best Picture once with, uh, Cries and Whispers. So Fanny and Alexander is pretty much the last thing he makes in the 80s. It is color, and it's a TV miniseries broadcast on Swedish TV. Um, so in the breath of that, he has become, like, the guy, uh, He's on Swedish TV all the time. And also Swedish TV, notably, no channels. They have like one channel. So he's always on TV. I think it's just such a smaller market. Whereas in Hollywood, you have so many choices. In Sweden, the choices are smaller, especially 70s, 80s. Now, he had a stable of actors. Among those, like the same actors he uses for every movie. Among those was Mai Zetterling. Mai Zetterling acts in Music and Dark... Was it Music and Dark? No. She might have been in Music and Darkness. She was in the Schoolboy movie that mm-hmm. he made. That first movie he wrote. Private, private Boys. Private Boys. <laughs> <laughs> you 
know, the one about Private Boy. Definitely not a porn title. <laughs> um, and uh, she plays this like um, drunk, slutty woman. Definitely not a porn title. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, truly. And uh, she ends up deciding that she wants to direct. So she makes several films. Um, she makes a documentary, like a documentary short. She makes a short and then she makes a documentary with her husband for Swedish TV. Finally, she's allowed to make this film, The Girls. The Girls is new wave. It's very Godard. It's very experimental. It's about feminism, like uh, political feminism. Um, it is kind of sexy. There's like a spanking scene. Um, okay. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> and... She makes this film, uses all the same actors as Ingmar Bergman, like takes his actors, um, and it's panned by male critics. Mm -hmm. And it's banned at Cannes Film Festival uh -oh. for being too racy. So, so he gets to make a movie called Private Boys. Well, we don't think <laughs> we don't know if that's the exact title, but he title. basically does this thing about schoolboys and yeah. uniforms and such. She's like a slutty drunk person. She basically goes and tries to make her own, not take on that subject per se, but something yeah. that is a little bit in the same groundbreaking type of way that uh, the boys movie was. And it's more experimental than Bergman ever got, um, but not more experimental than Godard got. Right. And... There's got to be, if there's one channel in Sweden, there's what, 10 actors? Yeah. Like 20, maybe. True. 10 actors per channel, yeah. Gunnar yeah. Lindblom. It's like, there's, there's so few. There's, uh, Harriet Anderson. Yeah, there's not that many people vying for this. Like, yeah. Because again, it's just, there's not as many people. So of course she's going to take all the same folks. And then everybody's like, fuck this, basically, because misogyny. Yeah, it sucks. And honestly, scholars, there's a scholar, Maria Larson, who writes about it. And it's like, yeah, all this, all the critics who panned the movie were men. And the film was, it portrayed men in this like parody way where they were like always leering at women. But it was like a poetic device. Like it was a metaphor. And it, you know, it's a bummer to see. But that I think really affected her. And she, I think she makes three movies um, and she has to go to, the UK to make them. Um, makes them with Swedes, but like gets funding in the UK. She lived sometimes in the UK. Um, so she has kind of this bad experience where they keep getting banned. Uh, they keep getting panned. And she also goes to Hollywood to act um, as many of, you know, the big Swedish actresses did because they were also known for being very beautiful. And she's put in these comedies I think she has a bad experience. She gets kind of chewed up because then she leaves. She's like, I don't want to do this instead of just staying there and like enjoying her riches. Um, and then at the very end of her life, she acts in what is perhaps her most memorable role to me personally. She's the grandma in The Witches, the Roald Dahl movie based yeah, on the book. Yeah, the terrifying, uh, <laughs> yeah. scariest movie ever made. The scariest movie. Angelica Houston, right? Or is that... Is Angelica Houston a witch in it? Isn't she? She might be. I don't... I haven't seen it in forever. I think but she is. My Zetterling is the grandma. Wow. Yeah. And then she dies. The little boy turns into a rat, right? Isn't that yeah, the movie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Angelica Houston is terrifying. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
But I think it's just a testament to like the fact that this was a very exclusive scene. You know, I think while it was a small pool that there was this like heir apparent vibe where it was like you boys get to do it. Rich Mm -hmm. boys get to do it. Mm -hmm. Um, And I they just didn't take women seriously. Uh, And I think in that way, I I kind of resent Ingmar Bergman because it's like he's evidence of everything we missed out on, too. Right. Yeah. Because he was so dominant in the field. Yes. And also using the same actors over and over again, which maybe, you know, would do things like screw with scheduling. So if you're suddenly <laughs> like, I've got somebody and I want to use that also famous Swedish actor. He's like, no, they're mine. They're essentially mine. had this repertory company going, which had absolutely Max von Sydow in it. That's probably like the most famous guy out of it. Yeah. Um, and then a bunch of other names I can't pronounce. Gunnar Lindblom. Gunnar Lindblom. He also dated a lot of his actresses. Oh, no. Very on again, off again. That I believe. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is like... Oh. Steve that's, Le- that's worldwide. That's ever... That's going to happen. Steve leans back in his chair. Seen it. <laughs> done that. Done that. I know, right? Because Godard kind of was the same way, I think. It's like, ugh. They just had free reign. Oh. Um, and also, uh, there's this podcast that I'm unaffiliated with. Uh, once oh god now I'm forgetting what it's called it's the Hollywood history one. Oh, you must remember you this. must remember this yes and, oh it's so depressing when they talk about like 1950s 60s Hollywood starlets like oh you got used like that and chewed mm-hmm. up spit out ugh yeah um I think the same thing was happening in Sweden yeah because they are terrible yeah Don't we look say at me. looking at I wasn't in I was barely in Sweden. <laughs> At that time. At that time, yeah. I mean, you were mostly in Sweden at least a decade earlier. Yeah, Yeah. I was there long before the war. Yeah. You were like, guys, what if we got into the war? Yeah, and I was like, why why don't we let the girls make some movies? And they were like, no. And I was like, okay. Yeah. (laughs) Fine. Come I tried. But you tried. Yeah. And a lot of people don't. And I was like, I tried. And they were like, thank you, hero. Amplified me. Um. (laughs) Um, in terms of like Bergman's films, uh, like you said, there's all these like sort of existential questions that he's Mm -hmm. dealing with. Mm -hmm. Um, going back real quick to The Seventh Seal, Mm -hmm. which might be one of the more famous Swedish films. Like certainly if somebody was going to quiz me or if I was on some kind of game show, I feel like this would come up as like a, you know, this is a question about it. the first one I thought of. Yeah. Like, have you seen it, Steve? Yeah. Um, (laughs) Kind of, yes. Uh, I was a film major in 2002. So oh. I do know at some point I drunkenly stumbled into <laughs> a screening room at 9 a.m. in Kalamazoo, Michigan, and it was on, and I was physically there. Uh, I didn't have that exact experience, but I do remember putting it on being like, this is one of those movies I need to see. This mm-hmm. is a must watch capital M capital W because it is so famous. Yeah. Yeah. And and so influential for so many directors. Mm-hmm. And when I sat down to watch, I went, what? <laughs> and I was like, am I dumb? Am I a dumb American? Is this what this is? No, they're so slow. I don't really like Seven Seal. Um, through a glass. It's two hours of chess on a beach. It Who is. gives a shit? And those those films that and through a glass darkly. I haven't seen that third one. Um but they're slow. And I think his films get a little more interesting after that. 
Okay, so as he gets older and maybe has some more life experience and things I mean, to say? It's or- hard to say because he has this film about, now I'm like forgetting the name of this film, but it's about a fictional war. It's about a couple whose marriage is falling apart and it's a fictional war and it's all in black and white as a choice. Um, and it's just so slow and so depressing. And it's like, that is not what I like Ingmar Bergman for. Mm-hmm. I think Fanny and Alexander's really lovely. It's really touching. And I really think Wild Strawberries and Music and Darkness are his less depressing films. Right. So they're a little more fun. Yeah. We have to also remember that Sweden is the same country that produced one of the world's most famous playwrights, Henrik Ibsen. And all of yes. his plays are about like, yeah. you know, did you come home from the market? And what they mean is, <laughs> why'd you fuck my husband? Yeah. Like, it's yeah. Uh, it's so uh, also depressing. I'm wondering how much of, like, that is just the culture of Sweden. It is 100% the culture of Sweden. Really? And Scandinavian as a whole or specifically Sweden to be like, is it the winters? Is it just like, life is short and then you die? So they're just going to <laughs> imbue all their art with this? I think... Uh, Part of it is it's the winter. It's cold. It They get seasonal depression. Who wouldn't? Who wouldn't? <laughs> they need those, uh, la- uh, what is it, a sun lamp? Yeah, they, they need the, yeah, <laughs> yeah. They need those uh, they need the- seasonal affective disorder lamps. <laughs> yeah, they, yeah, a sad lamp. Called? Uh, yeah, exactly. Like just, you know, a tanning bed maybe? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm certain they didn't have them back then because it's pretend, but... <laughs> But you never know. You, I mean, you were there. Also, that's true. I was there, but before that. Um, also, if everybody's very happy in in Sweden because you know their their resources are going to improve their lives and their culture, as opposed to buying you know bombs and tanks, then maybe their version of escape is a little darker because their lives aren't. I think dark. that's an interesting mm. point. It's I'm also weird. comparing. I'm also speaking for. Sweden a hundred years ago as opposed to Sweden now. I don't yeah. know. But. No, I mean, it. you it, you have to wonder, like, their version of escape, they seem to have an appetite for something a little headier. Um, I mean, they had comedy, too. It just wasn't, there wasn't as much pressure, I think, like, capitalist pressure, too, to make those movies because Sweden was, like, pushing a tours more. It kind of reminds me of sort of the intellectualized equivalent of, you know how... There's people out there who are like, I'm going to get in a cage and swim with sharks because I've never had obstacles in my life. Yes. Um, exactly. All the people who fly, fly, all the people who climb Mount Everest. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. Which, we, which we've talked about yeah. on this podcast. How it's what? just like rich just fuck boys who decide to worst. climb mountains because they have no obstacles to conquer yeah. anymore and because they normally don't face um, That's the Tumblr that you run, right? Yeah. Fuck boys on mountains. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fuck boys whom come mountains. <laughs> yeah. It's, <laughs> it's a good one. It's just like uh, they don't face the same oppressive qualities that many other people do, whether that's because women, people of color, LGBTQIA, whatever the thing is. Um, when you're at the top of the food chain, so to speak, yeah. uh, in the in the colonialist culture and society that we've created, how do you go from there? You're already born into like, everything's great if you're a straight white guy. So 
then you end up doing things. I wonder if there's like, I wonder the intellectual version of that. It's like, we don't have to like Ingmar Bergman, especially. Right. We don't have to worry about uh, healthcare. We're not having to fight for a specific, like, Mm -hmm. I'm sure there is a whole, uh, a slew of civil rights movements happening in Sweden uh, throughout its history. But like, there's a lot of basics that they decided to cover for its people. Hence the, why it shows up on the we're so happy surveys every year. Yeah. Which makes me go like, yeah, maybe this is his version of being like, no, but, but, I do think about death here. I, here, look yeah. at how much I think about death. Isn't it cool? I'm so cool for thinking about death all the time. I think so. Yeah. I and um, if I know we're just talking about Swedish film, but if you look at the Danish dogma directors, who are like they're what I mean, they're part of what put Denmark on the map um, after Carl Dreyer. So they come onto the scene and they make movies about rich people's problems, like. And they're themselves rich, like uh, Lars von Trier and Thomas Vinterberg. So I feel like there is an element of that. These are the people given free reign to make whatever the movie they want to make. And they make it about like rich people problems. So they're like bit. the big little lies of, of that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, what a disappointing. Thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so Did you ever want it? No, not like that. I yeah. never watched any of the second season. Because I was just like, no, how dare you? This is based on a book. You called it a limited series. You received awards for actresses in the category of in a limited series. Your nominations were for limited series. Mm -hmm. And then it does well. And you're like, well, I guess we got to do it again. Also, speaking of bad to women, I read about how they hired a a woman director. Andrea Arnold. Yes. Who is in her own right an auteur. And she she got Swedished. She got Bergman. She got Swedish. She got Bergman out of the whole thing because they just like ripped her work apart and then sent in a man to fix her stuff. And to after being like, you can do to poor results. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it was so boring. God, the way it ended was so boring. Yeah. Ugh. yeah. Uh, Yeah, I think it happens all the time. So we're not. A hundred percent to equality. No, (laughs) it may seem like it. I mean, bridesmaids did do great. That's true. But we're not. But book smart yet. And and I have a mug that says "Lady Boss," so clearly we've made strides. Mm -hmm. Right, and you would think that would be the end of it. (laughs) (laughs) Go Um, figure. So we've got Bergman. We've Mm -hmm. got Vilgot Shum Shum Such. That's J-O-M-A-N. Shaman. Shaman. This is not Victor. This is... This is a different guy. This is who made uh, Bergman's first movie, who directed it. Okay. So that guy also kind of becomes... Big. Big. Yeah. Um, because he has a movie in the early 60s called The Mistress. Um, and then he does a film called 491, which got banned because it was too sexy. <sighs> Ooh, Swedes like their sexy movies. Yeah, must, this I wonder how sexy, sexy it was if the Swedes were like too sexy. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and then he went on with wider controversy, apparently, because they uh, had this film, I Am Curious, parentheses oh, yellow. Yeah. And that depicts intercourse. So I Am Curious Yellow is actually kind of important. Uh, it's a bonkers movie. I cut it from my curriculum this class just because it's like so violently sexual against women. Uh, So he, first of all, it's semi-documentary a little bit. It's very experimental. Um, And it 
lot of topless women, not very linear narrative. And he has basically sex with his actress, his very young actress mm-hmm. on screen. Mm-mm. And it's not simulated. Mm. And that is why I kind of feel uncomfortable about it as a movie. Fair. It's really interesting, but I think looking back, it feels so rapey. Is it a movie or is it? Because a lot of the <laughs> a lot of these films at this time period, I feel, also have to be less about an artistic expression, more like a hey, we have cameras now. Yeah, maybe we can get some boobs on them. You gotta want. I really like, think there's gotta be some people that were just. I like, think that's a part of it. Like, of course, I'm gonna cast a young. Uh, actress, yeah. and that like plays into the. And I might as well the be movie. the one to have sex with her. It's I mean, my yeah. movie. I mean, why would I trust anyone else to have sex with her when I could have sex with her? Mm-hmm. Yeah, her and her young, young body. I'm being yeah. protective. Yeah. Oh God. <laughs> I know. We've all creeped yeah. each other out saying the things sarcastically, and now we're just like, oh, and got like, the heebie-jeebies. It's heebie-jeebies. It's like, on the one hand, you don't want to be prudish. It's like, cool that directors are pushing the envelope. But I think the part that, looking back now, bothers me is that it wasn't simulated. And like, even now that this is an issue in Hollywood, it's like, oh, God damn it. Mm-hmm. Those poor girls. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it got banned in the U.S. because they were like, uh, this, this is porn. <laughs> you is. can't just like distribute porn. We're not doing that. But interestingly, U.S. audiences with movies like that, like they did this with My Zetterling a lot, would the like the distribution companies would try to make it sound really sexy. Mm-hmm. But the what's it called? The decency people would be like, no, <laughs> right. You, you can't do this. Right. So at first they're like, it's sexy. And then everybody else was like, oh, Oh, too sexy. Too sexy. Um, also pretentious because there's a parenthesis in a film title. What? Yeah. I, uh, yeah. Uh, and what does that even mean? I am curious. Uh, well, I guess sexually. Yeah, I think that's the part. It's a young girl exploring her sexuality. Mm. And yellow is like a big motif in it, like the color yellow. Mm. I, the symbolism is that yellow is um, the I, fuck color? I don't know. I like the sun. Yeah, I'm sure there's mm. a deeper read of it. I never, like, I, even well, when I it. because it gives it the heebie-jeebies, even, like, think about, like, <laughs> it talking about it in this context. And it's like a three-hour movie. It's very dense. It's a th- who watches a three-hour porn? Who what? has time for that? Why? The question <laughs> is why? There's two hours and 55 unnecessary minutes. <laughs> yeah. In a three-hour porn. Yeah. You don't need all that. No. So, this is where in my curriculum, we kind of skip to. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lucas Moodison. Okay. Starts in 1998. Yes. Who's, uh, I think after that, to me, like that pressure, and maybe I'm wrong about this because other directors existed, but I feel like that pressure to be dark and depressing goes away a little bit. Um, so Lucas Moodison makes a lot of like, he makes Show Me Love, which the Swedish title was fucking Omon. Um, which is a town, but in Sweden they called it fucking Wamol. But in it's America, like they're their like, shit's no. creek. <laughs> it's yeah. their shit's creek. <laughs> it's their shit's creek. Yeah. Apparently this was like a massive Swedish success. Show me love. Yeah. Yes. It was huge. Um, for one, it was a lesbian love story, which was kind of new, I think, even in nineteen ninety eight. 
Um, and it puts Moodison on the map. He himself is kind of like this big hippie, and he ends up making together later on, months about a commune set in the 70s. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, like, it's weird because he is a male director, but he's so good at women. Like, there's a lot of great female characters in that, too. Also, a lot of, like, queer relationships, like, broken families. He explores toxic masculinity in a really cool way. Um, they're kind of like dramedies. They're comedies, but they're not, like, laugh out loud. Super funny. Um, and another huge, more contemporary Swedish film director is Thomas Alfredson, who does Let the Right One In. Right. Mm. Um, that vampire movie. Yes, uh, which then became, like, not the kickoff necessarily to the vampire thing. I think, th- I feel like that helped mm-hmm. shepherd in the idea that, like, oh, do people want to see this again? Is this a, <laughs> is this a genre that we want again? Certainly both like in horror and also yeah. uh, like at the same time. I feel like vampires are just having a moment when it's Let the totally. Right One In came out, which helped, I think, in terms of like, you know, garnering international acclaim. And yeah. I feel that the American remake came out just in time to capitalize. <laughs> Within two uh, years. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was a shot for shot remake and tremendously worse. For one, Chloe Grace Moretz is in it. Mm-hmm. And we didn't need that. No. <laughs> we didn't need her. She doesn't add anything. Um, and I just like, I actually, this is part of what I teach, like kind of a side-by-side comparison of the two movies to see just how bad Let Me In is, the American one. I mean, for one, there's so much. So first of all, Let the Right One In is based on a book um, by, I want to say, something Lundqvist, Thomas Lundqvist, maybe. Um, And uh, the book is really cool, but obviously it covers all this backstory. The movie implies so much of that cool backstory in this very poetic way. Like the two characters, the two kids, Ellie and Oscar can communicate like when she touches through memories, like she can show them her memories. The movie just like slight little um, nuanced implications of this. Like Ellie is trans. Ellie is biologically a boy, but presents as female and was also castrated 200 years ago. And they're just these like, you don't get hit on the head with it. Let me in. Just shows it all to you. It explains it to you. Chloe Grace Moretz, like for some reason, was told not to act. (laughs) (laughs) Like the directing choice was like, just talk like this the whole movie just talk like this whereas I don't even know if you can hear that through this mic whereas um, Ellie in Let the Right One In is this like strong tough deep emotional vampire and it's just so much more complex you root for them more for them to be together Um, it sounds like in Sweden they that director had a lot more, um, he believed in the audience a little bit more. Exactly. Like he could challenge the audience than yes. the American when they're like, no, 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 they're stupid. They're stupid. Tell them everything. Yeah. Um, Sounds about right. I hate that too. That happened to Girl with the Dragon. Well, I mean, the Girl with the Dragon Tattoo remake was better, but it was like, come on, do we really need all these remakes? Sweden no. did it. It was fine. 
Um, but I don't want to have to read. <laughs> no. I'm looking at my phone. How can I read subtitles? Ugh, it's taking me a long time to get through Los Espookies for that reason. <laughs> I keep getting distracted and I'm like, God damn it. Um, yeah, but look, I think that's sort of where my Swedish cinema knowledge dries up a little. So is do you have more oh, to fill in gaps? Oh, sure. I mean... I have as much as the internet will tell me. Yeah. I'll put it that way. Um, and I'm sure, you know, there's a lot that I'm leaving out. But also, again, mm-hmm. it's small. There's one TV channel. It's no, don't leave one. anything out. <laughs> now there's two. Canal 3 and Canal 4. There's two TV channels. I d- yeah. There's not going to be that, like, th- right. th- you know. Is that, speaking of TV much. channels, and it was uh, Fanny and Alex, Alexander. Mm-hmm. Um, so doing a mini series, I think, here... Well, maybe not now with like Netflix and like peak TV, but mm-hmm. early, like around that time period, like the 80s and 90s for American TV, like a mini series or a TV movie was kind of thought of as like lower and then a film in theaters. Was that the same in Sweden? Was uh, Bergman looked down on for doing a TV mini series versus no. an actual? I think it, first of all, because there are so few channels, being on Canal 3 commands a lot more attention. Mm-hmm. So I think there's a little more prestige there. It's not like, oh, you were on stars. Okay. Hard left. Yeah. <laughs> ABBA. Oh, love them. So uh, apparently Lasse Hallström, mm-hmm. um, who he made this film in the 70s called A Guy and a Gal. Um, and they featured this apparently well-known Swedish comic duo Magnus he- Herenstam and Brasse Brandstrom. Oh, man. Sorry, everybody. No, that Sorry, was everybody. Um, but he became the guy behind a lot of ABBA's music videos. Um, oh, as well as which the film ones? ABBA the movie. Well, can, <laughs> does, it, does it say about music videos? Wow. I'm going to look it up. I'm just wondering quick. if he did Knowing Me, Knowing You, because if he did, definitely need to post clips of it in our Instagram. If he didn't, yes. I'll just delete this part. I the video for knowing like, me, knowing undo you. the end of my curriculum because we're supposed to end on Girl the Dragon Tattoo and just do the ABBA movie. He did, like all of them. He did Waterloo, Mamma Mia, uh, Dancing Queen, Fernando. Oh, wow. He did uh, take a chance. He did all the hits. You know why? There are four people in Sweden in the film industry. Yeah. And he was the guy who happened to be around in the 70s. Yeah. Oh, he did I, do them all. Yeah. He really did. Why multiple. didn't we give him the Mamma Mia movie? I Right? Now uh, I'm just... Well, that was directed by a woman, so it would have been very Swedish it? to give really? it. really? The first one was. The second one was not. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, come on. What I found interesting about him is he seems to be like one of the uh, Swedish directors that's a little bit more contemporary compared mm-hmm. to, you know, we're yeah. thinking of Bergman as more of a classic Swedish film director yeah. uh, because he directed some movies where I went, oh, I recognize these, including What's Eating Gilbert Grape. Oh, Cider House Rules. Oh. Yeah, crossover. Uh, Chocolat. Um, and then I think he uh, oh. gave up after that and then went back to Sweden. No, uh, he didn't give Casanova up. Casanova with Heath Ledger, which is uh, a pretty decent Heath Ledger performance. What do you mean? Know? Gave up. I'm looking at 2017, A Dog's Purpose. Oh, you're right. And then no. 2018, The what? Nutcracker in the Four Realms. He is killing it. A my, Dog's Purpose made so much money. My bad. I take it all back. Um, oh, yeah, there's did, a sequel that just came out. He a dog's did journey. Salmon fishing in the Yemen. He did. He's like he. This guy's made it. I but, should know him, but I, I don't know his name, which is crazy to me. That like Lasse Hallstrom. Um, uh, Lasse Hallstrom with the umlaut over the O. Hallstrom. Hallstrom. It's two dots, right? Yes. 
uh, two dots over the O is uh, it's a, it's the letter. Uh, okay, so different Hans from Trum. German, which is like that's how you know it's a hard o. Like, oh, is it really? Yeah, oh, like yep. the o, like yeah. If I'm remembering this right, like that helps you know whether it's like a soft I E O U or like a A O U kind of situation. In Swedish, there are three extra letters: O, A, U. O is an A with a circle. A is an A with two dots, and U is an O with two dots. So they're technically different letters. Isn't there an A that it looks like an A and an E together? Is that that's a- Norwegian? Okay, yes, you're right. Mm-hmm. It is. Uh, my question: Why did they make it more complicated? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I don't yes, get why it. did why did they take the English language <laughs> and complicate it? You know, when English just, came out, why nah, didn't they just yeah. keep that? Arabic is very know. similar. There's like extra letters where it'll be like, here's a ST. And then it's like a different character. And oh. it's like, why? Why do we why? need more letters? Yeah, yeah. Like, why did you add more? Take it out. We need fewer letters. Stop yeah. it. Yeah, I'm still not sold on W. Yeah, <laughs> just the concept of We could have just had two Vs. Yeah. <laughs> really need W? And it's two Vs. Yeah, it's, it's a W. Vs. Why is it called W? Didn't need yeah. it. Didn't ask for it. Yeah. No. And while we're at it, C and K kind of doing the same job, don't yeah. you think? Yeah. We don't need C because we got S and we've got K. Yeah. And a word with K, God damn it. Get, Thank you. Get yes. out of here, C. Mm-hmm. And adding- decide. I before E, sometimes or never. Just decide. Decide. Thank you. I swear to God, C. I swear if you make me try to pick where to eat again because you cannot decide, I'm going to lose my shit. <laughs> I see is such a fickle bitch. I can't. <laughs> I can't take it. See, I yeah. can't. Just listen. It's it's all of our vacations. We know that. But today is your day. In either we're going on the river or we're gonna hang out and have a picnic, and we just need you to decide. Um, I don't know. What does oh, Kay think? God. Hold on. I sent a text. Can we just do islands again? Oh. <laughs> What was that? Was that 30 Rock where he picked Subway or he picked... Uh, oh, Blimpies. Blimpies, yes. <laughs> yes. He just keeps picking Blimpies whenever it's their Blimpies. turn for lunch. Um, yeah, uh, all those movies are movies not only that like I recognize a little bit more than obviously a lot of the Swedish films, whether... So they're English language or, films, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's yeah. the thing is it's like these are all... Um, I want to say maybe Weinstein Productions. I know Chocolat was. He's done. Like, yeah, he's yeah. done. My life is a dog. He's done. Dear John, Hachi, a dog's tail and a dog's <laughs> purpose. Um, the hundred foot journey. I feel like he's done a lot of uh, films that you go like, you yeah. know what? It's the holidays, and mom needs to see something. Yeah. yeah, she's got to see something. It's like we need to we need something everybody can agree on that's like a little bit more highbrow, but isn't offensive. Oh, I was yeah. going to say he's the official director of movies that you just watch because it was on TV while you were wrapping gifts. Yeah, that's too. That's too. Yeah, that's the all. Yeah. It's like I'll three years Nutcracker later. It's like, yeah. Oh, re- yeah. yeah, like, oh, do you remember? Do you remember when we went to go see this? Oh, that was fun. Yeah. Oh, your uncle called. He's drinking again. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> um, I'm wondering, mm-hmm. uh, in terms of classic Swedish cinema, yeah. um, what kind? What are some things um, 
I don't know if tropes is the right word, but things uh, that influenced American cinema, like things that you can see in Hollywood movies, whether um, classic Hollywood movies or even like current Hollywood movies, that is something that you could be like, that is something that originated in, is influenced by Swedish cinema. Influenced by Swedish cinema? I think that there has been this like, you know, uh, like discrepancy between Hollywood films and even Hollywood films that win Oscars and the movies that we look back on and are like, yeah, that was a serious artistic American film. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, And I think part of that is because so many of those filmmakers, I'm like trying to think of a good example here. I like haven't thought about America, American cinema as a whole, um, really. But we'll I, have someone else on to talk about that. Not your topic. Yeah, right. Um, but I wonder if that's because because Bergman is such a part of the canon mm-hmm. that like surely that seeps into something like his moodiness that I think his landscapes mm-hmm. like he was really in love with the Swedish countryside. So you see that these long lingering countryside shots. And part of that is like he spent the summers in a cabin growing up like many Swedes do. Oh, that's rich person shit. It is rich <laughs> person shit. It, but it also is a little Swedish, but also it's like, okay, the Swedes, you know, a lot of them have family cabins. Pretty happy. Uh, uh, <laughs> we should all get a cabin. Oh my God, I'd love it. Or a houseboat on a river. Yes. Some, riverboat. Mm, yeah. You could, you, you live where you travel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but there's one more director who I teach that I feel like I should add because, you know, obviously Sweden's very homogenous um, or used to be very homogenous, but that has changed. And in the 80s, Sweden started getting a lot of Iranian immigrants and since then has gotten a lot of small immigrants, Iraqi uh, refugees, more Sweden took more Iraqi refugees than any other country, a lot of uh, immigrants from Turkey and All of this has made this like really interesting culture exchange in Sweden. The bad part of which is the rise of like Swedish nationalists, which is a bummer. But the cool part is you get uh, filmmakers like Joseph Fares. Right. Who is an actor director in the style of Victor Sjöström. Um, And he made the film I teach is Yala Yala, which is a straight comedy. That's like the most comedy film that I teach. Uh, He's from Lebanon. And I'm looking up really quickly. Yeah, okay. Because the way Yala Yala is spelled is with a J, except in Arabic, Yala, which is usually spelled, like in English, you would spell it with a Y and it means hurry up. Yes. And that's what it is. That's that's where it comes from. Yeah. So he, Yala Yala is a love story between him and his like family, his Lebanese family and a Swedish girl. So, and it's like about what happens when like the both families meet each other and some, it like addresses that like liberal racism, mm-hmm. the like microaggression racism and also the microaggression. I, the, I voted for, a, I could have voted for yes. Obama for a third term if I could have. Yeah. Kind of thing. Um, and uh, it's so, he, and, and he's interesting himself because he, you know, speaks perfect Swedish. Like he is that, uh, what is it called? First generation um, 
generation of Swedish like kids of I don't know if he was born in Lebanon, but he like he's fully assimilated. Um, and and that's kind of where Sweden is at now, because those Iranian immigrants in particular, but from all over, started coming in in the 80s. And now you're getting to see finally because they're coming of a lot more. And- yeah. Very diverse Swedish population, even in Åland, where my mom is from, uh, which is like an island. It's really hard to get to in the Baltic. Um, and it's been so homogenous for so long that like when my mom did 23 and me, it was like all the same place, mm-hmm. which never happens at 23 and me. Uh, she was like disappointed. She's like, oh, why did I spend all that money? <laughs> um, but they even they are getting now immigrants like from Syria and from Turkey. So it's just an interesting time in Sweden. And it's also kind of putting a little bit of pressure on their value of social democracy because the ethos has always been very strongly like the government provides for you. That is the role of the government. Even their conservatives are like the government provides for you. And now because of the rise of the um, Swedish nationalists who have always been there, the skinheads, but um, they're not called skinheads, but they were bald, like they would shave their heads. Um, and now that is coming into question, just like in the U.S., like, well, the, should the government provide for refugees, for mm-hmm. immigrants? Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, I hope Swedish social democracy withstands that. Yeah, they. I feel like there are such stalwarts of it that if that goes, it's like, oh, no, we're yeah. done. Everybody fend for yourselves. Yeah. If the Swedes can't. Yeah, yeah. Something that I feel like is important to note because mm-hmm. it, it's maybe like the latest in Swedish film is the whole girl with the dragon tattoo business. Right. Because those films started there. And then again, they did these American remakes. And but, a lot of them. Yeah, yeah. But the three that they did, uh, Dragon Tattoo, Played with Fire and Kick the Hornet's Nest, which are all based off of the um, um, Stieg Larsson. St- thank you. Yeah. Uh, his books. Um they did like really well there and mm-hmm. really well internationally. And then for some reason they were like, great, let's do this again. But America. I don't know why they do it. Yeah, because I remember seeing the Swedish girl with the dragon tattoo. And then while they were making the American remake, seeing just that the other two had been made. And I was like, wow, really? We need more of this? Um, and the Swedish one was so good. It was high production value. Um, the actress who plays the girl is so good. Mm-hmm. Um, but what's bonkers to me is that even after they made the one with Daniel Craig, they made the Claire Foy one. Yeah. Yeah. What? <laughs> who needed that? Claire Foy from The Crown? Was it a sequel to the I think it's another- Rudy Mara one? Or was it a re- Telling, like, I don't know. Do they exist in the same universe? Because it's the same character. So the Steve Larson books, he died before he finished them, or the last one was like unfinished. Um, but he, they're all the same characters. But what's her name? Rudy Mara. Uh, some Liz. Lizbeth. Lizbeth 
some salander. Salander, yes. I always want to say salamander, and I Salam- know that's not me it. too. I was like, Sal- not salamander, not salamander. Yeah, so it's always those two solving crimes, right? Um, maybe that. I mean, I haven't read the books. Um, maybe that changes into the series. So I assumed it was based on another book, but I don't know that. I guess yeah. I'm wondering if the books are like related. Yes, like she if- plays. She's the new Rooney Mara, mm. but. Why? I guess it's like, what's that? Sherlock Holmes, you know, so many people play him. I guess. Yeah, Nobody's, it does. Nobody, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it feels like, it's like. Uh, Wait, why uh, am I defending America trying twice? <laughs> America tried twice to do a movie better. Uh, I just really, this last one felt so irrelevant. Ne- yeah, needless. So needless. Need also, like. Claire, Claire Foy is fine doing what she does. Uh-huh. Let her do first man. Let her do those roles. Mm-hmm. We don't need to see her as like a badass she fighter. She be a Lizzie Salamander. No. Uh, <laughs> that Lizzie is the American version. Yeah. Lizzie. Lizzie Salamander. Yeah. She has she has the one dragon tattoo. And but like otherwise, a fun bird friend. Mm-hmm. And a yeah. fun bird friend. It's an animated bird. But yeah, yeah. she's live action. <laughs> And she's just trying to juggle being the girl with the dragon tattoo at night. Yeah. But during the day, she's a... Uh, she's a waitress. She's a waitress. Yeah. yeah. She's you just know? trying to make it in the big city, guys. Yeah, yeah, it's actually, it's a mashup of the musical waitress mm-hmm. and the <laughs> Steve Larson books we know about. I didn't know that that explains all the Sarah Bareilles. <gasps> oh, yeah. <laughs> That yeah. explains Sarah Borella is huge in Sweden. So, yeah. of course, they were going to bring her in. As you were saying before, there's like most of it's just made in Stockholm. Mm-hmm. Apparently, there is, uh, again, sorry for the name, Trollhattan <laughs> Municipality. Mm-hmm. But uh, they call it Trollywood, which I thought Ooh, is just fun. I like yeah. that. I was I like just like, you, that's yeah. fun. I like when places decide to take Hollywood and then change it yeah. into their version because I'm like, Oh, that's cute. That's Trollywood cute. is good. Trollywood, Trollywood Bollywood. That's, it yeah. would be Trollywood because that's cute and makes you think of trolls. <laughs> yeah. It's where uh, Dancer in the Dark and Dogville were shot, which are two movies we didn't even get a chance to talk about. Well, they're Danish. Well, what the fuck? Yeah. Why are they being shot in Sweden? Yeah. No wonder we didn't talk about them. I take everything back. Um, we couldn't talk about them. We weren't allowed. Yeah. Yeah. We were forbidden. <laughs> um. That is interesting. Yeah, well, Filmstaden, the Swedish um, movie house, mm-hmm. is not technically in Stockholm. Okay. But uh, just in terms of, like, where the filmmakers live, you know, and, like, where the scene is, I feel like it's Stockholm. Yeah. Um, And I think, like, here, there's just so much. There's so many film schools. Yeah. Like, most are a scam. Most, believe me. All of them. Yeah. I'm teaching <laughs> film and it's a scam. Just watch Cheers. Yeah. And you've got it. Yeah. <laughs> and you've got it. <laughs> Anna, do you have like one favorite singular Swedish film? Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. One favorite Swedish film. I really love... Um. Well, you know, as much as I have shit on Ingmar Bergman and I really check out my Satterling because she's great and she deserves a second look. But I love Wild Strawberries. Um, it 
is, and I think maybe even though it's an, about an old man, it feels relevant because it is about memory mm-hmm. and what it is to live a good life. And it, I just like that it's like a reflection on life. It's a road trip. Um, and it kind of pits science against art a little bit because he's a doctor. He's a, he's a scientist, like accepting this award at an institution. And I think part of the underlying message in a lot of Bergman's films is that art is just as important, if not more important than science. And, you know, and not just science, but like consumption. Yes. Um, and I think that is a nice little reminder. So, it, you know, it's a little slow, but worth it, in my opinion. Check it out. I like that. Yeah. yeah. I guess I'll end by saying, yeah, let the right one in is good. And they shouldn't. We had no need for Chloe. It's a perfect movie. We like Chloe. Chloe's yeah, great. I just watched uh, let's, her. Let's I just, not go that far. Okay, okay. She's fine. All right. She, Chloe, just, you're fine. You She's didn't fine. need to, they didn't need to put her in this. It's yeah. not her fault that they made her do this ASMR voice Ugh. for the entirety of the film. Um, but yeah. the original is very sweet and lovely yeah. and just like a beautiful depiction of a budding friendship. Absolutely. And you know what I'm going to say? Mm-hmm. I'm really proud of us that we did not make one Ikea joke. Jesus. I should have. I forgot. <laughs> totally. For, I can't believe I talked about Sweden for this long and didn't remember Ikea. Yeah. That never happens. <laughs> I thought of Ikea when I said lingonberries. I immediately thought of, of Ikea. Of course. Of course you did. Because yeah. it's like. Sell it. Yeah. That and furniture I can't pronounce is, is evident by me trying to pronounce all these names. I mean, I great. saw on your computer screen, I saw the Swedish flag and thought. Ikea. Oh, of course. <laughs> yeah, you've got the visual. Well, she built the computer. The computer's from Ikea. I just Ikea real- started selling computers. You assemble yourself. <laughs> oh, God. oh, yeah. It takes four days and you will fuck up. And yeah. it will. And it won't work. And it, it won't. won't. Of course yeah. it won't. I just yeah. realized Ikea's colors are the Swedish flag. Yeah. <laughs> A lot of connections. Yeah. They, you know, they sell meatballs. Swedish mm-hmm. meatballs. It's like they're really leaning into the Sweden thing. Mm-hmm. Annalise, thank you so much for joining us. Where can people you. find you? You can find me at Bad Comics with an X by Anna, two N's, on Instagram and Twitter. And I am coming out with a midsummer parody. So oh. it's like a little on theme. So by yeah. the time this comes out, you can it'll be on my socials. Very Scandinavian thank theme. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you. Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye. Thanks for listening, everybody. If you like the podcast, share it with everyone you know, any way you know how. Subscribe, like, rate, and review us on iTunes. If you've got questions, comments, concerns, whatever, you can email us at whydoyouknowthatpod at gmail.com. Or if you're more of a picture person, follow us on Instagram at whydoyouknowthatpod. Or hey, if you want to hang out on Twitter, follow us on whydoyouknowpod different because Twitter has weird restrictions when it comes to characters and handles. Let's do this again sometime. Okay. Uh